The Fantasy Football Edition of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by our Patreon. Score exclusive perks, content, and contests. Include our NFL win total contest, win a $1,000 prize. Join today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Patreon. We're also brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app to get last-minute tickets at the lowest price guaranteed. Use promo code SGPN for $20 off. We're also brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the app now and use code DJIT. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when you bet just $5 or any on any college football bet only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code DJIT. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the SGPN Fantasy Football Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Emerson Beery. My co-host on the co-host on the other side, Justin Bruni. How you doing, my friend? Doing good, doing good. Happy Sunday. Ready to break down the top fifty players in fantasy football this year. Very exciting stuff. Yes, this will be a two-part episode. We will be filming back to back. So, no, we're not wearing the same shirt. If you happen to be looking at this different days, no, we're not. We're just wearing the same shirt every day. We all filming these shows back to back. I was just telling Justin before the show as well, you know, my dad's dog swallowed, swallowed a sock this week, $5,500 later. I think he's going to be okay, Jeez. but gosh Expensive darn it. sock. Oh my goodness. Yes. These, these gosh darn dogs, these bulldogs are going to take it out of me, I swear. But with that, we'll dive into it here. Top 50 players. Like you said, we're going to be covering the first 25 today. You know, Justin, I usually like offer you to start off with first, but. You mind if I start off first today just because let, I have let it, I want, fly, I want, let it rip. I want to bring it in hot to start off with. Jamar Chase. Damn. Is my, Spicy. Yes, absolutely. Jamar Chase is my first pick. I think he is the number one this year, just as Jam, Jam, uh, Justin Jefferson, if I can talk today, took that step forward last season. I expect that to be the case with Jamar Chase in 2023. And this guy gets 10-plus targets every time he's out there with Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is a better quarterback, of course, than Kirk Cousins. I expect this to be a better offense overall. You know, just even going back to the talent profile, I you know, I much prefer Jamar Chase, you know, evaluating their talent. I think he is, you know, it's going to be a 1A and 1B scenario going forward in Dynasty. You know, not that this is a Dynasty rankings, but going forward for the next few years. But Jamar Chase is my guy in 2023. I think he's got it. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's that's perfectly fine. I'm going uh, Justin Jefferson, double-tapping on him every single time. Uh, I have gotten quite a bit of Justin Jefferson in Best Ball Mania, just having a very high and rare exposure to that first overall pick. I never veered away. I just kept on the gas pedal with Justin Jefferson. I'll be doing the same. He'll be my next pick up here. I just think the situation is a little bit more friendly, especially for this upcoming season. If this is a dynasty conversation, I think that your uh, your pick fits the narrative a little bit more just because, you know, in another year, maybe T. Higgins leaves the Bengals. But looking at this season with the Vikings, you know, the next top target getter, in my opinion, is going to be T.J. Hawkinson. So I just feel like the competition is a little bit less. Obviously, you have a, an established run game with Joe Mixon as well. I think Chase Brown's going to get in the mix there. I think that they are going to lean on the run a little bit more so. And I'm not buying into it too much, but eh, well, you know, Joe Burrow, a little beat up, a little, little banged up entering the season. You know, maybe a, a couple or a few less spike weeks. You know, and the start the season for for Mr. Chase. We'll see. Uh, again, n- nothing that I'm worried about, but you know, Kirk Cousins feeling good, feeling right at coming off that quarterbacks documentary. I, I like what uh, looks to entail for the Vikings offense this upcoming season. Looks like it should be pass heavy, pass friendly. 
all these guys, including Justin Jefferson, should be feasting. You know what I learned about Kirk Cousins in that documentary is that I know why he doesn't win. It's because he takes off Tuesdays to spend with his wife every week during football. Season. Unreal. That's, that's why he doesn't commitment. win. Yeah, that's, that's why commitment. he doesn't win. <laughs> I couldn't believe that. So it's just like when you have that, I feel like your ceiling is always going to be capped. You know, it's it's Patrick yeah. Mahomes. You're Patrick Mahomes. Maybe you could think about taking your Tuesdays off. But I don't know if you're Kirk Cousins. But you have anything to add on Justin Jefferson on why he is the first pick? No, I, I still just believe he has the highest ceiling for total wide receiver production this season. I just think the offensive scheme is a little more friendly. Uh, if you want to say that the skill sets are even, by all means, uh, I just think that the, the pass-heavy offense for the Viking is going to be full throttle for Justin Jefferson again this season. These two are the safest picks for players finishing top three within their position for certain. Yes, and speaking of safety, I'm going to be leaving the safety net of these elite wide receivers, and my third pick is Christian McCaffrey. Okay. I think, you know, it, it, is, it still pays, you know, and especially in redraft leagues, you know, it still pays if to hit on that running back, to have that elite running back on your team, because not it's not many people will have get, be getting 20 points a game from their running back position. Christian McCaffrey certainly has that within his range of outcomes. Very powerful running back. I expect him to... You know, the, my only worry about Christian McCaffrey is potentially the, the 49ers getting out to a lot of early leads, just saying, hey, why don't we just take Christian McCaffrey out, save him for later on in the season. The schedule is a little bit easier this year with the NFC West being a little bit down. I was looking at the rest mm -hmm. of their schedule, too, although I can't remember it off the top of my head. It was a little while ago. It was a, a softer schedule than, than usual. So that's my only worry. I expect him to catch a lot of passes, nice, easy dump-offs for Brock Purdy, not who isn't a – talented downfield thrower i think we could say that that lacks a lot of arm strength so i think it'll be nice and easy for christian mccaffrey to also get six or seven targets a game what are your thoughts no he's going to be involved in the the passing and the rushing offense for the niners an offense that's going to score a lot of points and be in the red zone a lot this upcoming season i'm expecting some touchdown regression from george kittle i think he had about six in his last three games you know two 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 i think you have to have some re regression there as well as, you know, some more, I think, high volume, you know, opportunities for McCaffrey. I think everybody's worried about Elijah Mitchell kind of coming in, like you mentioned, whether it be in garbage time or just, you know, them splitting touches in general because the offense is going to run a lot and they're going to be safe with the workload for McCaffrey. But I think this is a guy that can easily get 30 percent of his uh, of the team's total offensive touches. I, I think he's going to be a huge focal part for them this upcoming season. If you're spending, you know, top five overall you know collateral on a running back he's definitely the guy that you, you want it to be for sure moving on to number four who is your selection imagine we're going back wide receiver <clears throat> yeah got to be Tyree Kill here for me just the you know explosion opportunity per play you know whether he's breaking something open downfield doing a 40-yard comeback route for two or whatever it is you know, McDaniel in this offense, you know, they've really found a way to make sure that he is, you know, the, uh, you know, the top priority, you know, he's going to have the most touches, the most targets, even last year when Tua was healthy, he well out cleared Waddle for targets, even though Waddle put up, you know, pretty good numbers, you know, as a sophomore, you know, you still saw Tyreek Hill, like really show that he's the lead guy there. So, you know, for, you know, kind of going back and forth, back and forth between him or maybe Cooper Cup, I just feel that Tyreek Hill's like per play, you know, production, I think is, is what outweighs that comparison for me rather than going with Cup. I like going with Hill, who I imagine will have more splash plays, can get used in the running game. You know, I don't know if we're going to see him return kicks, but if, that certainly is also you know on the table. You know, I, I don't think that they're going to exclusively go with any one uh, kick returner on whether it be, you know, actual kick returns or punts, whatever, I think they'll get them out there, you know, sparingly, we'll say. Um, but they're just uh, they're just an offense that really wants to use them as their top priority. You know, even when you look at the Rams, I see, you know, them spreading the ball around a little bit. Cooper Cup also coming in a little bit banged up, a little bit injured. So I'm leaning Tyreek Hill here. Did you have it that way before Cooper Cup's injury? Still had it that way, yeah. Okay. All right. I, I have them back-to-back -back as well, but I have a slight yeah. preference toward Cooper Cup before mm -hmm. I dive into why Cooper Cup is my fifth player. I just want to give one more shout-out to our friends over at DraftKings. You've waited all year, and the time has finally arrived. College football is back, and so are the traditions, the tailgates, and the great offers from DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet. 
you know, this is a time, you know, I was just talking about on my last podcast, how great my Kansas Jayhawks are. I think they are going, you know, we're, we're in discussion for a winning season. Finally, this year, we had it last year. I think we're gonna get it back to back this year. I've been getting in on a lot of Kansas Jayhawk bets early on, and I've never even seen them posted early before. So that's nice to see as well. Kick off the season with DraftKings Sports. Look, Download the app now and use code DGEN. New customers can score $200 in bonus bets instantly when they bet just $5 on any college football bet only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code DGEN, D-E-G-E-N. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Virginia and so on, we will post those extra links in the comments down below with that do you want to die oh no i'm up here and i'm going to be talking about mm-hmm. why i'm taking cooper cup at the fifth pick that is right yep. fifth couple picks cooper behind cup. here on the board oh yeah i'm gonna catch this up don't you worry i have cooper cup ahead of tyree kill just by a very short margin cooper cup number one in fantasy points per game last year it's just this guy is the only guy I think in discussion. I mean, how many times can Matthew St- uh, Stafford target Cooper Cup in a game? I mean, this is a guy who might get 15 plus targets every game he's out there. Of course, that the law of averages will keep him from doing that. Maybe that plays mm-hmm. into why he gets hurt so often. He's so used heavily, but man, it's tough for me. I know Tyreek Hill is the much more explosive athlete. He's going to have that big play ability that maybe Cooper Cup doesn't necessarily have, but it's hard to compete with that. I also. I just, yeah, I just have a little bit more faith in Cooper Cup getting a super high target share. Maybe if Tua, I know the health of both quarterbacks is a little bit in question. However, Cooper Cup is just my slight lean just because it's so hard to argue against that kind of target volume. It's got even more razor thin, though, with that preseason injury. With that, do you want to dive into your sixth ranked player? I think I have an idea of where you're going. Maybe one of my favorite players. Mr. Uh, Travis Kelsey, Perfect. the first first tight end coming off the board here. You might as well consider him the Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver one, an offense that will lead the team or lead the league, excuse me, in passing attempts, you know, top five in, in total points scored. Obviously a great situation being paired with the best player in the NFL or quarterback, excuse me, in the NFL and Patrick Mahomes. A very good situation. I think we could see Kelsey actually hit career numbers this year, get 150 plus targets, 120 catches, double digit receiving touchdowns. He just doesn't have a ton of competition. Even last year with Juju Smith-Schuster, you know, coming in, you know, trying to supplant some Tyree Kill production, we saw Kelsey still lead the way and be the lead target getter, receiving yards, et cetera. So very excited about him this year. I just don't see Sky Moore, Kadarius Tony, MVS, Richie James, Rashi Rice really competing with him on a per-game fantasy point basis. I, I just still see him leading the way for this roster. Travis Kelsey, it's hard to argue the target volume. He's 33 years old, but he has no signs of slowing down. He is going to be the clear top target in Kansas City. I was talking up Rashi Rice on another show I was on right before this. Had eight catches, 96 yards, but he's not going to be. It's just going to be who can pop off each week after Travis Kelsey. So I really like that pick. I have missed I, think, my- I think Richie James scored a touchdown in his first preseason game too. Like you know, like all all those receivers, just random spike weeks, just random guy go off, random guy go off. Travis Kelsey, you know, steady and true. Um, it's hard to argue that Travis Kelsey. I I I I've been I'm tra- Tyree kill Travis Kelsey is something I've been going back and forth on so much. It's just that explosive. Big playmaking wide receivers hard mm-hmm. to pass up. But Travis Kelsey, I think, is a tier above the rest of the players on this list. You know, it reminds me of Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, you know, when he was getting double-digit touchdowns back in the day, you're getting even more advantage. Right. Travis Kelsey, you know, I was looking at it the other day, has like over almost a near like 20-yard advantage, like in, in tight end receiving yards per game mm-hmm. over the course of their career. Just how long <clears throat> can he keep doing it? Well, the reason why he's going this high is just the, the positional advantage course, that you're yeah. taking over. Like, you are removing – an entire facet of fantasy football, which is attacking tight end every week, you know, just filling in a boomer bust tight end into your roster slot or rock stock Travis Kelsey all year long. You don't even have to blink, you know, like, Oh, well, Kelsey's on his bye, So this is the one time I have to figure out, you know, what boomer bust tight end I want to plug in, you know, and you probably don't even own another tight end, you know, 
if you're in a redraft league, you know, basic, you know, 18 team redraft league. If you draft Kelsey, you probably don't even draft draft another tight end. You just grab one off of waivers during his bye week. Before we dive into our next player, just giving one more shout out to GameTime.co. You know, if you've been like me, you know, I've been going to concerts, sporting events. You know, I'm always trying to load my tickets up on my phone right before the show. You know, the internet connection or something's getting me. The tickets just aren't loading. I've had this happen a thousands of times to, to me, but not at over at game time. Buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you'll have instead. You know, I like I said, you know, it's just so easy to access your tickets. It's so easy to purchase them. They give you great prices as well. I don't shop anywhere else. You know, if Game Time has what I'm offering, that is the app I am using. What are some of the things you like about what I like about the Game Time experience? The flash deals and last minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area and images of seat views, lowest price guarantee, event cancellation, prioritization, and job loss protection. This is the time to get your tickets. Like I said, don't struggle with you know, bad ticket apps anymore. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price if you find tickets in the same section and row for less. Game Time will credit you 100% of the difference. It's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for that reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. Snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code SGPN for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code SGPN for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right. All right. Back, we are back now. Going over to the seventh ranked player. I have it here. It's a very close rate. I have Stefan Diggs. I didn't like putting Stefan mm -hmm. Diggs here, but I Why have Stefan Diggs here. It was really close between me, him, and CD Lamb. I think it's the dynasty player and me wanting to put CD Lamb ahead of him. It's the hope. Mm -hmm. I have, you know, CD Lamb. I saw him taking over that wide receiver one that I expected him to do last season. Very consistent, but it's hard to argue with Stefan Diggs and the Josh Allen connection, this very good offense. I think he's going to get it one more year. I saw there, you know, this. There were chinks in the armor last year when Josh Allen was injured. You saw the drop off in Stefan Diggs' production, especially those final few weeks of the season. I got back to it a little bit in the playoffs, but yeah, struggled those <clears> final few weeks of the regular season. But if you had him through the fantasy playoffs, you might not have made it through the fantasy playoffs. So, Stefan Diggs, I expect to have bounce back though. Josh Allen recovered from that elbow injury. Where does he slot in your rankings? At seven, so I think he, you're spot on. I, I think it's a good spot for him, you know, coming after Hill, Cup, and Kelsey, who, when you're looking at it, you, you know, he's going to have similar volume to these guys. I just think that those three players are more efficient and have, you know, like Kelsey, a bigger positional advantage than Stefan uh, Stephon Diggs does coming off the board as, what is that, wide receiver five. You know, so I think that this is pretty, you know, atypical per the public ADP, you know, Chase Jefferson, however you cut it, Hill Cup, however you cut it, and now is going to start this next, you know, third tier of receivers in, you know, Lamb, you know, Diggs, maybe AJ Brown into that conversation as well. And when you're looking at those next three, Diggs is definitely a far and away, you know, higher just because of that safe target floor. I think he's had over 150 in three straight seasons. They haven't overly invested at the receiver. Gabe Davis still there. You know, some folks are calling Dalton Kincaid a receiver, receiver not me. Uh, I still think that there's a great opportunity for Diggs to succeed in this offense this year. Should be their their top priority guy. Yeah, you know, before the show, I really wanted to ask you, how much do you expect uh, Dalton Kincaid to eat in the, into that Stephon Diggs target share? I just don't. I, I you know, <laughs> I'm just I just kidding. That was a joke. That was a joke. I, I knew you. I answer. think. Yeah, I think if anything, this could be a season where he gets up to like 160 plus targets, just because again, you know. After Gabe Davis, James Cook, you know, where do you see it like a high amount of volume coming from? I just think it could mean more Stefan Diggs. 
I completely agree. I think Stefan Diggs is certainly going to have it for one more season here. Dalton Kincaid, I like him a lot more than you do, but I don't think he's a st- threat to Stefan Diggs. End, tight end 12, way too expensive. That's expensive, expensive, certainly. Yeah, but I can't who, do who that. else are you going to draft? That. It's the upside. It's like, oh, man, who are these I'm gonna other I'm going to draft like a handful of tight ends after tight end 12. I'll tell you that much. It's super <laughs> deep position this year. All right. Where are you going with the eighth pick? Uh, I think I have up Bijan. Yeah, Bijan Robinson. I'll catch us up on the board as well. Yep. Bijan so taking Robinson at number yeah, eight. taking him ahead of Austin Eckler. I, I I just feel like this, you know, rookie potential because he has you know few NFL miles. They're gonna overload him with opportunities and touches. If you've watched any little bit of him in the preseason so far, he is an absolute magnet with his hands. Like I mean, he just pulls you know, the ball down to his chest and just goes like it's it's so effortless for him. I think that he's going to be used a lot as a receiver, a running back. We're now seeing Cordell Patterson hurt. They, you know, he was definitely in their plans. I think that gives Bijan even a little bit more of an uptick. And just the fact that the team is still kind of, you know, banging the drum for Tyler Algier, like they're saying that he's going to rush the ball. I just feel like that means that Bijan is going to be used more so as a receiver you know, in an offense that's going to be, you know, continuously hungry for playmaking, you know, with like, you know, shorter route running, more of like a West Coast type of style offense with a, you know, developing quarterback in in, uh, in Desmond Ritter. I think, you know, Drake London, Kyle Pitts, they'll get theirs, but the focal point of this offense is going to be Bijan. That's why they spent that high draft capital on him. I, I'm very safe that he is going to get at least 300 plus touches this year and could get in that 60 to 70 reception total range. Did you get excited watching those second preseason game highlights? That first run, that was nice. Weaving in and out of four players, nice eight to ten yard game. Well, just, just like I said, though, just like how effort, how effortlessly he pulls the ball in. Like he makes a one handed catch, turns his body, like spins around, pulls it down to his chest, and goes. Like he is, he is what you dream for. You know, as a pass receiving running back, it's a great situation. I think it's very close between him and Eckler. I just like the fact that the Chargers have, you know, they've really developed their their talent pool, not necessarily at running back, but they have a deep group of receivers, you know, behind Keenan and Mike Williams and now Quentin Johnston, Josh Palmer. You know, a lot of us still like Gerald Everett. So I just feel like that offense, you know, they're not as hungry for weapons as, you know, the the uh, the Falcons will be with Bijan because they just need that change of pace guy. Like, yeah, Tyler Algier, he was good, but it's not like he offered like some like booming production uh, at a level that like changes your offense that like you know changes the identity identity of your team falcons scored you know 15th most points per game last season you know with Bijan in town they can i think they can easily be in like that 10 to 12 conversation I'm, i can't it's just the falcons offense i just can't i i'm just worried about how many how much he'll be on the field i liked what i saw from desmond ritter in the second preseason game, I thought he looked pretty sharp, but still just a little nervous about this offense, the touchdowns, the amount of carries he's able to get, you know, mm-hmm. not, not necessarily the amount of the work, but just, you know, if he's not able to extend drives, the offense isn't going to run as many plays, just little things like that. With that though, now I'm going to take who I was going back and forth with Stefan Diggs with. I'm going to take CD lamb. I expect him to okay. <clears throat> really be, have, you know, officially make his name among the, best wide receivers in the NFL this season. We finally saw after Amari Cooper left last year, we see CD lamb take that step forward. You know, he was that dominant wide receiver, especially those final eight weeks of the season. I think we see a lot more of that this year. The, uh, the Cowboys, I think we're middle of the pack 15th to like 17th of pass attempts last year. I think they'll get right back to, or at least on, on pace. I believe when Dak Prescott was out there, that was like their pace. I think that's going to change much more to like that top five, top six, seven area, like, they were back to previous years mm-hmm. and there's just not CD lamb is by far and away the best target. Brandon cooks, I think is a nice player to have, but I think there's plenty to go around there. I think CD lamb, I think he's going to have a top five wide receiver finish in 2023. What are your thoughts? Oh, I love me some CD lamb this year. One of my top five, most exposed wide receivers in best ball up to over 120 plus uh, best ball mania drafts collected as of yet. I like Devontae Adams a little bit more just because I feel like he's just such a larger focal point in his offense. I know that they have Josh Jacobs most likely coming back, but in in an offense that I expect is going to pass the ball a lot still, be playing from behind, I I still lean a little bit more favorably in 
in in uh, in Devonte Adams' corner, just just a smidge. Uh, I think the offense might be a little bit more efficient for the Cowboys. I think that they could be in the scoring zone a little bit more often. It's just that I feel like Tony Pollard is going to be a, a big part of what they do. And when they get in a little bit more close, you know, Jake Ferguson, I think he's going to be a nice piece that develops. They also brought in Brandon Cooks. The offense is a little bit deeper and a little bit better than I feel it was in years past. So, you know, even with, you know, Zeke not coming back, like, I, you know, they should pass the ball more, but they've kind of, you know, gotten the weapons to do that. They added Brandon Cooks, like I said, Jalen Tolbert, he's having a good training camp, not someone that I'm overly buying in on, but I just like Devontae Adams a little bit more. I think he's, you know, farther ahead of, you know, the guys like Hunter Renfro, Jacoby Myers, and we'll see what happens if Josh Jacobs comes back, but that would be the only pushback for me. So you can kind of take, you can take him off the board next. We'll just move okay. kind of past him at the, at the, what is it? We at 10 now or? Yes, that'll be the 10th player. Before okay. you jump into Devontae Adams, though, I just want to give one more shout out to our Patreon page. Make sure to check out our Patreon, sign up for the Patreon to get access to exclusive contests, including the NFL win totals contest with a $1,000 first price prize. The guys just recorded their first sports gambling podcast, Stories Podcast, just for a patron, just for patrons only, chronicling the birth of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. There's even a disc channel as well just for the patrons as well the sports gambling podcast has and always will give out all their picks for free the patreon is a great way to support the network and fight back against corporate gambling <laughs> sports gambling podcast.com slash patreon that's sports gambling podcast.com slash patreon we're also brought to you by underdog fancy the nfl season is right around the corner and underdog nfl pick em is a great way to get down on your favorite over and under picks they even got college football and nfl preseason and of course Make sure to enter Best Ball Mania 4, where first place gets $3 million. Give out an underdog pick and you like, which my favorite is right now. I finally just got it in Colorado, and I've just been going over and over it, just like digesting it. You know, I didn't have it last year or the year before. Mm-hmm. I just cannot. How can you not go over on the Chiefs win total? They get it every single season. You know, it fluctuates. Have you have you seen it like these last couple of days? It always is, is changing. You know, it's I think it was at 11 and a half last time I saw it. Seems like a slam dunk to me. Yeah, it always is. It's Chiefs, you know, I'm like Kansas City Chiefs. I think they cashed it like six out of the last seven years. So that is my Your boy, uh, Derek Henry over nine and a half rushing touchdowns as well. Ooh, I like that. This is the guy right here. This is the guy who spends a lot on those. Like I said, I'm just getting my feet wet this year. Thank you for finally adding it in Colorado, underdog. Much appreciated. My Sundays will be even more filled than they already are. But with that, all right, Devontae Adams is your next guy up. I My only reason for taking C.D. Lamb is just, man, could this offensive situation in Las Vegas be a disaster? But it might not matter with that target volume, right? Well, yeah, he had 100 catches on 180 targets last year. You know, still a top five uh, wide receiver. I think the situation is, if not better, in the sense that he should be more efficient. Like the the A dot's going to come down. He's going to be less of a deep field threat. But I think that you see more of like a 130 for 160 type of season. Like maybe you see a few less targets, but the efficiency increases because what Garoppolo does well is get the ball out of his hands quickly. He has a great release. And as long as you're hitting Devontae Adams in stride, there's not much the defense can do. I mean, let's be real. He's he's still one of the best receivers in the league. So I just think the opportunity and the skill set, you know, I, I think still favors him a little bit more so. Just because I don't see C.D. Lamb getting on, over 155. I think, like, that's his cap. We saw last season Adams get 180 in a bad offense that really was held together by Josh Jacobs. Like, 100 catches on 180 targets is pretty bad. I'm expecting they clean that up with a quarterback that's not going to look to take risks downfield and be more of a West Coast type of quarterback where he's just dinking and dunking and creating plays for his guys in stride like Devontae Adams. I like how Jimmy, I saw from him in the first preseason game, nice, efficient drive, four for four, led him to a touchdown. I think Devontae Adams, of course, it'll be a little bit different working with a quarterback like Jimmy, you know, working with Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, even though he doesn't get talked about, he has a pretty big arm on him too. Of course, Devontae Adams had that much higher A dot. I think it'll probably go back, reverse the other direction, probably nice short dink and dunk passes like he did with Aaron Rodgers. But right. I have Aaron, I have Devontae Adams. That was my, would have been my next pick back to back to back. So I, I totally get it. It's just I like the exciting prospects of maybe a better offense with CeeDee Lamb. 
My next player is Amon Ross St. Brown. Can't be drafting him. Love it. Love it. Can't draft him enough. I think he's in for a big year this year, going to be kind of in that, you know, 150, 160 target range, especially with Jamison Williams out the first couple weeks. Jared Goff, or first six weeks, I should say. Jared Goff, we know what he does behind a productive offensive line. I know how much you love Jared Goff. So, I mean, how could Amon Ross St. Brown not finish this high? If you as much as you love Jared Goff, am I right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, the only player that I have ranked ahead of him would be Austin Eckler, and I think just at that position where you're getting to, I still think it's appropriate to you know grab some of the better running backs. It's still an important position, so I would probably have, yeah, I'd have Eckler ahead of Lamb. Yeah, th- those three guys. He would come right after Robinson the way that we have it set up. But Amon Ra's in a great situation again this year. The Lions did not make significant uh, improvements on defense. They were a bottom five defense last year. Expect them to be in a lot of high-scoring games or playing from behind, whichever it is. And there really is no other candidate to be the top team's target getter other than Amon Ross St. Brown. Like Sam Laporta, Jameer Gibbs, I know that we're all excited about him in the fantasy football community, and Jamison Williams when he gets back as well. But this is going to be Amon Ross' offense. He is going to have most likely the most touches because in that backfield, again, you have Gibbs and Montgomery. They're going to kind of eat into each other's productivity and total volume and opportunities. So I think that Amon Ra will have the most, you know, all-purpose yards in this offense. He gets used a lot, you know, at a low yardage kind of target rate. So I do think that they try to open things up for him somewhat more so downfield this year, especially while Jamison Williams is out. But look for him to be a very safe and secure uh, safety blanket for Jared Goff this year, going to be just constantly moving the chains. Me, for those that don't know, me and Justin have a bet to shave our head for who's going to win, who's going to score more fantasy points, Deshaun Watson or Jared Goff. I'll say, I'll say there's not many people that think you're going to win this bet when I talk to him about that. That's funny because there's not many people that say that you're going to win when I talk to him about that. Oh my gosh. That's, I wish I'm you sorry. were, I wish you were in Canton. That would have been a nice little, uh, you know, Hey, I'm Justin, I'm Emerson. And by the way, what's your <laughs> opinion on this? <laughs> oh, that would have been good. Oh man. What's I your can't opinion wait. on this? I can't wait to see Justin with you a shaved head in December. It'll be a nice Christmas gift to your wife. I think she'll get a kick, or maybe she won't get a kick out. Maybe it'll be the anti-Christmas present to your wife. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see, hopefully, buddy. Hopefully, she has a big, a nice sense of humor about it. Deshaun Watson uh, can't complete uh, passes on consecutive drives. Uh, you know, in training oh. camp right now. Just saying. Oh my goodness, Deshaun Watson. I I think he's he's looking a little rusty. I think he's going to get back to being one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL this season. Maybe we'll get to that. On the yeah, maybe he'll get back to Jared Goff level. We'll see. We'll oh, see. my gosh. Jared we'll Goff see. has never sniffed Deshaun Watson level. Jared Goff doesn't know how to operate. Damn. Hey, you know, Ice K, you, you, do you watch uh, the comedy show, the sketch comedy show on Netflix? It's the uh, Tim Robinson. Is that it? Um, I'm not sure. Is that the Flight of the Concords? No, it, it never mind. It's this ridiculous kind of sketch comedy show. It has like this ridi- ridiculous kind of humor. But anyway, somebody posted a meme from that. One, one of the guys who's just like, he's like, I have no idea what I'm doing right now. And, you know, he's all panicked. And it was Jared Goff went, went pre- with pressure in the pocket. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, but you might not have to worry about it this year with the Detroit Lions having such a strong offensive line. We'll see. Strong offensive line, bad defense. It's just a constant, good, positive game script for throwing a lot of yards and passing touchdowns. All right. Up. No, it's you up next. Where are you going with the uh, 2-2, my friend? Uh, It's got to be Eckler then. Just get him on here. Like I said before, it's still good to prioritize the position. Still very important. Still a guy that's going to get you, you know, 20-plus fantasy points per game out of the running back slot deadly weapon and an offense that I believe everyone is predicting to score a lot of points this year, turn around and turn the corner from last season when Justin Herbert was injured, you know, Mike Williams, Keenan Allen kind of taking their turns when they're in and out of the lineup. So still a lot of positivity and good notes coming out of the, uh, the chargers camp. Just the fact that there is a little bit more talent on the roster, especially in the passing offense. I think that potentially lowers his receiving ceiling, but I still think that he's going to be a guy that crushes his yardage 
Kellen Moore had two running backs clear a thousand all or rushing yards, excuse me, last season and Zeke and Tony Pollard. I'm excited to see what he does and draws up for Austin Eckler as just a pure runner, let alone in the receiving and passing game. So a lot of things to still be excited about for Austin Eckler. Like I said, I would still have him inside the top ten ahead of a, a couple of these receivers here that we just you took Devonte. You took Devonte Adams, just so you know. It, uh, that's because I have uh, Devonte Adams just ahead of him. That's why. Oh, okay. All right. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. I was just like, I was like, you took Devonte Adams. So but... I I have it. Bijan eight, Devonte nine, Eckler ten, Lamb eleven, Amonra twelve. Okay, that makes sense. I like those. I can't argue with much of that. My my concern with Austin Eckler is, you know, of, of course he's his production has relied, of course, a lot on the pass catching and touchdowns. I mm. I think both could come down this year. The the touchdowns are just a little bit more natural. He's been a touchdown machine. I think I had the stat last week. I think he's had like fourteen more touchdowns. Like it's a sudden absurd number how much more touchdowns he's had over the last two years than the next closest person. It's like fourteen more touchdowns, right. and. Of course, he's caught in a lot more pa- passes as well, more than any other running back over that span as well. Christian McCaffrey, of course, missed a lot <clears> of <throat> 2021. But it's just a lot, I think. There's going to be a lot of changes in this offense. The addition of Kellen Moore means, I believe, that there's going to be a lot more downfield passing as long as Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are healthy. I expect them to be a bigger part of the offense. Of course, they added Quentin Johnston. Gerald Everett, there's a lot to be thrown to. I think they're going to be featuring that a little more this year. He's not going to get a lot of rush attempts. I expect him to have a very good season, just a little bit less. That's why I have him a little bit back here. And behind A.J. Brown as well. A.J. Brown, I think, proved a lot of people wrong last year, including me. Who? Oh, first, yeah, we'll go to Parker really quick. Who do you think is better between Dalton Schultz and, and uh, Chigakonkwo? You know, it's funny. You can go to my article this week on SGPN and talk about – I and those are two tight ends I talk about who are set to disappoint in 2023. Uh, Justin actually likes both of these guys. so this I do. Uh, so who do you like more? I personally – oh, man. I, I like I, Chig, but it's barely. I would say Dalton Schultz just because I think there's a clear path for him to be – uh, second highest for targets on his roster. I still think Burks comes back, you know, takes a little bit of that passing share. Obviously, you have Hopkins there. You're kind of just waiting for both of those guys to be out of the lineup for Chig to have, you know, immense value. The value I think that people were kind of expecting coming into the season. You know, couple, you know my co host, Andrew Robb, he had him as a top eight tight end. Uh, I know Sean Green, our boss, he had him as like literally top three. I, I know that there is some hot take type of excitement around Chig. But I think that Schultz has a safer floor, could be easily getting six to seven targets a game. I, I just see that clearly in his wheelhouse in an offense that's going to be bad, team that's going to be bad. Other than Nico Collins, I don't see an immense threat for targets. I know that Tank Dell's getting a lot, a lot of talk, but I still see him as being like a four to five target type of uh, type of guy just because you have a lot of guys there like Xavier Hutchinson, Rob Woods, John Mechie. Like there, there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of moving pieces there. I think Schultz, safest floor between the two. Fun fact, there are 38 uh, punchers in the NFL sl- uh, slated to have a higher base salary than Dalton Schultz this season. I'm just kidding. That's just fun. Somebody uh, uh, somebody said on – this made me laugh really hard. Somebody said on Reddit, Dalton Schultz got paid a lot of money. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> oh, damn. Yep. That's Not a lot. But, I'll, you yep. know, it's actually – it's a little bit misconstrued. I, I have fun playing with it, but he – they did give him like five million in roster bonuses, which means they're just like they're paying that out over the next like four years. So they essentially right. signed to a one year contract, but it's like three void years on the end. So it's like a super weird contract. But he got like six million total for this season. So I just like to give him a hard time, but because it's a funny contract. But uh, like I said, I think the NFL teams not having more respect for Dawson Schultz could tell us something. But with we that isn't that is a topic for another episode because we're going to keep diving into these rankings here. AJ Brown. Over 1,500 receiving yards last year really proved me wrong in a run in a run first offense. Yeah. Uh, I thought I questioned whether all these receivers could be productive, and they certainly were. Dallas Goddard, of course, missed some time, but you know it, it wasn't like a crazy swing in their stats when he went with the games he was gone. So I think AJ Brown is in for another successful season. I don't I don't think it's going to be quite as good as last season. It's super hard to match. He was so good last year. The but. Maybe he will. I mean, the argument is that I guess the Philadelphia Eagles, of course, did not play in the fourth quarter of a lot of games because they had such a big lead. So 
maybe with a more competitive schedule. AJ Brown's going to be released a bit more. I expect the I expect the it to be a little bit more pass heavy. You know the, the you know the run hit the run metrics are a little bit swayed because they had so many early leads last year. So I expect him to get a little bit more in the middle of the road of the passing. So that'll be great for AJ Brown too. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no argument here. I think that he's kind of that consolation at the either the end of the year, first round to beginning your second round. If you're trying to go wide receiver heavy, I really don't like starting with him as my first wide receiver drafted. I would prefer to get him kind of paired up here in that corner, in that one-two corner with like an Adams or an Amon Ra, just because, again, you know that offense really good, but they are going to run the ball a lot. You have the emergence of Devontae Smith, a lot of eyes on Dallas Goddard. I just feel like they're a very deep group, and that's why he's coming in after some of these other top guys. So very good pick, but again, unless it's like a deeper 14-team league, I'm looking to get him paired up with one of these guys in that corner, maybe him and Eckler, him and Adams, et cetera. And I like it. I am a big, I'm a big wide receiver heavy right now, but it's about Double to tap. flip. I just have, it's about to, it's, the switch is about to flip. I have a lot of running backs coming up here. Where, who's your next player? Uh, let's see. CD, Amon Rai, AJ. I have a uh, DK Metcalf, someone I am huge on this year. Been pulling him up my uh, best ball mania draft boards. I think he is my most exposed player now, closing in on about uh, 900. $900. I just think that offense is going to be very good in Seattle. You have the addition now of JSN. You have a steady run game in Kenneth Walker, adding Zach Charbonnet to that group. I just feel this team's going to score a lot of points, be in the red zone a lot. And DK Metcalf, I believe, was targeted 46% of red zone targets last season for Seattle. Even if that dips a little bit, that's an insane amount of target opportunity in the scoring zone. I think this team's going to be in that area a lot, and they are going to put DK Metcalf to work. You know, give me over 1,200 receiving yards. Probably not a guy that's going to get, you know, over 100 catches, probably somewhere in like that 90 to 95, you know, catch range. But his just big playability and, in my opinion, ability to bring back double-digit receiving touchdowns this year uh, warrants him, you know, being this high. 14th uh, highest overall player for me right now. Uh, I had him right behind A.J. Brown, and I have him right ahead of Saquon Barkley. So, like, right before that next run of, like, elite running backs. Yep, he's my wide receiver 10, so I'm a lot higher than consensus as well. We saw uh, Geno Smith was a very accurate deep passer last year. DK Metcalf, a very productive deep target that didn't connect last year for some reason. Mm. And so I expect that to change. I think DK Metcalf is going to, I think, maybe many, any drop-off in targets is going to be made up for by bigger plays, one that yep. we're traditionally see from DK Metcalf and more touchdowns. So I completely agree. Mm. Up next for me, is Derrick Henry. I'm a lot higher than consensus. Just give me Derrick. Let's not three think let's not think too hard about this. It's Derrick Henry. It's a redraft mm-hmm. league. I you know, in in one year league, I'm totally willing to bet that Derrick Henry is an anomaly and we're gonna get one more great season from Derrick Henry. That wouldn't surprise me at all. I think, you know, mm-hmm. of course, when he's ranked down in RB7, RB8 territory, are we not just banking on the clip, the wheels falling off due to age? No, I, I think that a lot of people are, are scared about that and just not having that finished product because he was hurt last year. You know, people just get that bad taste in their mouth. I think that he should be higher than consensus, but I do have. Was he hurt last year? I, I hardly remember him being hurt. He might have missed. Did he missed like the last game or something? He missed, uh, I think, three or four games, something like that. What? I can pull it up here really quick. Yeah, no, it's one of those situations where you look at the production and you're like, oh, yeah, that's like a full season. Let me see. He missed. Uh... Uh, I guess he just missed. I guess he did just miss one game. Yeah, you know he was he missed a lot of time the year before. Maybe that's what I was thinking of. Yeah, I mean, regardless, I mean, you you still laid out the narrative, right? Like, oh, getting up there in age has a lot of miles under him. The way that he plays is a physical downhill runner. Oh, at some point, like there has to be an opportunity for him to get hurt, miss some time, etc. Uh, yeah, mis misremembering the the out weeks for the last two seasons, but you know, someone that I'm still a lot higher on. He is my second. Highest exposed player, I get a lot of DK Metcalf and Derrick Henry. I just get him at a little bit better value than this. I, you know, I typically still get to draft him behind Saquon Barkley, Nick Chubb, guys like Jalen Waddle. So I still have those guys ahead. Maybe it's just because I'm leaning more into like the public ADP. But I would agree, you know, definitely at least based off of you know how exposed I I am to him for a season long, you know, massive tournament like Best Ball Mania. You know, I prioritize him, you know, definitely in this space as well. Top five running back, period. 
I Where just also you? like I like Nick Chubb a lot. That I I was I was thinking about it really tough between those two. Who is our sixteenth player? Uh it's Nick Chubb. All right, perfect. Yeah, it's Nick that would have been my next pick as well. Nick Chubb could go. be in for his best season to date. Come on, it's Deshaun Watson cut the comeback and Nick Chubb. I think we're getting in for a terrific season. Why is Nick Chubb the next player? He is just the focal point of his offense. You have some vacated work available with the departure of Kareem Hunt. The offense, you know, for passing is a little bit better. You know, they bring in Elijah Moore. Uh, Cedric Tillman's getting a ton of love in training camp. If he can come in and be an impactful player, that's going to give them some real depth in the passing game. Still have Amari Cooper, still have Donovan Peoples-Jones. David Njoku was having a career season last year before he was missing time. So I think just the offense in general is looking really good. Nick Chubb's going to be the focal point. He's going to have the most touches, the most all-production, all-purpose yards available you know, for the team. I think it's just a very good situation. I like Jerome, Jerome Ford a lot, but he doesn't feel like a guy that threatens for touches like Kareem Hunt. He feels more like a guy that's just going to come in, give Chubb that breather, and then you know Chubb's going to be in line for you know all the big scoring plays, high-end red zone touches, et cetera. So it's wheels up for him. I have him as my fourth highest running back. I would have Barkley, then Henry. Yeah, I think Nick Chubb's in for top five season. I think this offense is going to be very good. There's going to be more touch. Of course, the Nick Chubb was on pace for a great season last year, and then he fell yeah. off a little bit with Sean Watson. Was, that was just was due to lack of touching. Yeah, general, was, yeah, he didn't have a single. I think he either had zero or one touchdown in his final eight or nine mm-hmm. games. That, you know, that's going to lead to a disaster, especially for a guy who doesn't catch a lot of passes. I expect that to change. I think this offense is going to be very good. Mm-hmm. I think it's going to be a little bit more balanced, but when you take away Kareem Hunt and not a significant running, other running backs take away carries, I don't think that will affect Nick Chubb's workload. Might even see a few more targets. So Nick Chubb, I somebody I like a lot in 2023. My next player, though, is Saquon Barkley. He is going mm-hmm. to get it through sheer volume. He is going to get a ton of work this year in what could be his final season with the New York Giants. They're not going to be afraid to work him into the ground. Going to get a lot of work in the pass game, of course, as well. Yeah, you know, just not a very, you know, I think Saquon Barkley, I think maybe his esteem has fallen off just overall player, not a very efficient player at this point in his career. You know, he's just not, you know, just not a great pure rusher. You know, he kind of hits the wrong holes, doesn't have, lacks great vision, just a fantastic athlete. And that's what Squam Barkley is, but he's going to once again get a ton of work. So despite maybe him not being too efficient on his carries, I think he gets it done regardless. What are your thoughts on Saquon Barkley's 2023 outlook? Yeah, as long as he's healthy and he's playing games, he should be out there giving you some you know great return on fantasy value. Good value at, at his ADP. You're able to, you know, get somebody in the first round. I do see him going as early as the end of, or I'm sorry, the start of the second round. Really just depends on how your league is valuing running backs as first round, you know, collateral, you know, if you're seeing more of them go, then you'll probably see Barkley in that turn. Uh, But someone that I absolutely love this year, another player who's just a huge focal point of the team's offense, going to have the most touches, all purpose yards, et cetera. You you don't have any receivers that are going to overly demand, you know, pushing the ball downfield. So look for him to be involved in all aspects. And he has no, like, like Eckler, he has like no competition for touches. Like, can you tell me who the backups are for the, for the Giants? Uh, like Joshua Corbin, Eric Gray, yeah, or Evan Hall. Is it Eric Gray? Which one's on the Colts and which one's on the Giants? Why am I forgetting? Eric Hall and Evan Gray, Eric Gray. What about what about uh, James Robinson? What you know about James Robinson? Oh, yeah, James Robinson, of course. Yeah, hey, you know what? We saw Cam Akers, like, look, world's better a year and a half post-surgery. So, so it would not surprise me to see James Robinson yeah. regain a lot of that burst. So it's Matt Breida, Eric Gray, and Gary Gray, Brightwell, and James Robinson. Like, none of these guys are going to take the ball out of his hands. You know, maybe there's some some threat from Dan Jones being a rushing quarterback. Maybe he might steal a touchdown here and there. But you're not going to see any of, this, any of these other running backs come in and take significant volume away from him, from him. If he were to get hurt, they would probably just sign someone off the streets. You know, like, oh, hey, finally Leonard Fournette gets a job now. Who is your 18th player off the board after Saquon Barkley? Does the running back run end here? Uh, yeah, we have Jalen Waddell. Uh, just still in a very good uh, situation with the with the Dolphins offense. That's going to constantly be vertical. It's always fast. He's a big playability receiver, someone who can smash at a high A dot, You know, especially when you have 
uh, the opportunity to play coincide with Tyreek Hill. It opens up a lot of opportunities, and he doesn't get like that double t- that double or premier coverage from defenses. So team that's going to score a lot of points. It's also going to be playing in a competitive division. I expect to be playing in some high-scoring matchups. Give me Jalen Waddle here. I feel pretty good again. I want to get him as probably my second wide receiver. I don't draft too many teams with a running back and then Jalen Waddle. If I'm getting Jalen Waddle at this territory or this ADP, I'm double tapping on wide receiver through rounds one and two. Is this is this ranking contingent on a fully healthy season from Tua, or are you hedging a little bit? Maybe Tua no. I I, I think I think that people are still kind of overreacting. Like it's tough to say, oh, this player's gonna get hurt. If we use that narrative, you know, too often or too, you know, not, well, let's just say not conservatively, you have a lot of slippery slopes in fantasy football. Like you can talk yourself into anything. So I'm going to, you know, make this pick based off of, yes, Tua being healthy for the majority of the season. Uh, you know, we don't want a lot of bet on injuries, so I like that line of thinking as well. My next player up, though, is in a similar line of thought. I think Jonathan Taylor is going to get back out there. So I have him up here. I know it's storylines haven't been great. Although I've, you know, I just was reading today that they expect him back at camp. It's been tumultuous, tumultuous, I can't say that word. I can't say the word that I'm looking for right now. Temecula. It's, it's something. It's something is what the Jonathan Taylor situation is, but it's not great. I think, you know, especially with Anthony Richardson out there, I think that he's going to get an absurd amount of work. As long as Jonathan Taylor is absurd, is not in like a state of mind where he's like, screw the Colts, I'm not going to play my best, I think, which is hard, which you can't do in the NFL. You know, these are grown men out there. You I, you know, you're going to get hurt if you're not giving your full effort, you know, and I expect him to be out there. So I think Jonathan Taylor is still a top 20 pick. He's probably going at a nice discount even right now. Considering yeah, I, that, I think he's. I have him parked at twenty-seven, so a bit of a difference here. Okay. Uh, just not a situ- not a situation I'm comfortable buying into. Not knowing what I'm getting myself into, whether he's going to be traded, whether he's going to get limited playing time, just because there's been a, obviously a disconnect between him, the team, the front office. You know, when you're not playing and you're missing time, whether it's personal reasons or being physically inactive, whatever it is, you know, there creates a disconnect even in the playbook, and you're running with a rookie QB. I just don't see them having any priority or over committed, 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 miss, committed, committedness. All right, man, we're, we're struggling today. <laughs> Slurring our words. I just don't think, yeah, they're, they're overly committed to him right now. I, I feel like it could be one of these backups opportunities again this year. You might see a random, you know, Deion Jackson, you know, season. I'm just not sure what they're going to give Taylor if, if they're not going to pay him, if they're not going to be, you know, connecting on some type of long term relationship. I don't see them being necessarily overly loyal to him. Uh, might change, might be completely the opposite. But right now, where we're at, end of August, uh, I'm not spending that type of ADP. I'll 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 pay for him at the dip. You know, like seven to ten picks back. I'll I'll, I'll buy in. You you can. There's always a price on everybody. You know, I'd say seven to ten picks after ADP. That'll do it for me for uh, for Johnny Taylor. Who's at number twenty? Uh, Garrett Wilson. I had him at 19 in line for a very good season. Rookie of the year winner last year as a receiver. You know, for the Jets, you know, having Mike White, Zach Wilson, and uh, Joe Flacco as his quarterbacks and walking away with rookie of the year, I think that's you know, that's saying a bit. You know, that that, that gives uh, him a nice little resume builder, you know, patter, whatever you want to look at it. Coming in with the most efficient quarterback of all time in Aaron Rodgers, going to do him right. Easily see over 1,200 receiving yards. Easily, you know, 105 plus catches. I think he's going to be their their big volume guy. Now you have Dalvin Cook coming in. Obviously, Brees Hall getting healthier as well. The team will probably look to run the ball a lot, but they don't have a very good offensive line. So I see them needing and you know getting into situations where they need to make big plays and where Garrett Wilson is getting that like premium high end volume at an efficient rate with one of the better quarterbacks of all time and Aaron Rodgers. Big on Aaron Rodgers numbers this year. If you look at you know what those those three years he had with Nathaniel Hackett, how that can can translate into this season, he should have over four thousand passing yards. Should have over twenty eight passing touchdowns, under eight interceptions. All of that production is going to flow majority of the way to Garrett Wilson. It's going to be a great spot for him this year. 
Yeah, you know, I just wonder. I just, it's a little bit, you know, all these changing offensive situations. I know he got it done in a very imperfect situation last year. I just wonder if this is a bit towards his ceiling, you know, just considering Aaron Rodgers might have had the best days of all. I expect this, especially with the addition of Dalvin Cook, I think we're going to get right back into Green Bay, low Mm -hmm. volume passing. You know, you don't really think of that when you think of Aaron Rodgers, but run heavy, kind of low A dot, you know getting hidden Garrett Wilson on slants and things like that. I just wonder if right. I think this is a little bit toward a ceiling, but I think he gets there. So I think it's a safe pick, well, but I just don't think, I just don't think he has the market is very high on him though. Uh, like absolutely. the market's super high on him. Like you could switch DK and Garrett Wilson here on our board. And that would be more indicative of what the market looks like right now. I think he goes a little higher on our underdog drafts. Too, oh, absolutely. At a typical office he goes i think he goes the 12 to 14 turn in in best ball right now. yeah i think that's a lot i think that's a lot higher than your typical office league your friends league that you'll be playing in so it just depends on where you're at but up next i do have tony pollard my continuing the running back train here this is where i really like the running back value i think we're getting Mm -hmm. running backs you know i had him all these running backs that we were taking, Derrick Henry, Nick Chubb, Saquon Barkley, uh, and now Tony Pollard, Jonathan Taylor, these were all running backs I think I think would typically go in round one, end of round one. And now mm-hmm. because of the way that fantasy players are adjusting, now they're going at the end of round two, round three turn. So I think that represents a good opportunity. Tony Pollard, I, I've heard people call him potentially the RB1, people that I respect. Mm-hmm. Uh, going to get a lot of uh, passing work potentially this year. Total bell cow, extremely productive in his opportunities. I just, I just worry. I guess my only concern is can he take that bell cow role and stay healthy? I guess is my only concern about Tony Paul. Right. Well, he's returning from a broken leg, and I had my concerns as well. Shout out to our SGPN fantasy uh, fantasy doctor Sebastian Fieron. He has set me down the path, and he is not even a, a Cowboys fan. He's a big Giants fan. He spoke some truth into my ears, you know, saying that he's going to be fine. You know, he, he's, he's going to come back. He's he's checking all the boxes that he should be, and he looks good. And if he gets the workload that they're saying he's going to, he's going to be in that top five to, you know, eight running back conversation. The passing work may increase, but he's not necessarily been a guy that just cleans up on uh, PPR value. It comes from the total volume that he gets. He is a more explosive running back than, say, his counterpart last year than Zeke Elliott. But they also have some speed out of the backfield in Deuce Vaughn, who I think will get involved. But him or Malik Davis, they're not going to take the ball out of Pollard's hand with any significant volume. So it just rest assured that he's going to be a good pick this year based on the fact that he's their guy. Like he is their guy on the ground. And when they're not cutting it up between, you know, CeeDee Lamb or Brandon Cooks or, you know, letting Michael Gallup ruin our lives. Who is up at number 22? Uh, let's clear through these next uh, three here. So 22, 23, and 24. Let's just hit the uh, the quarterbacks here to end this episode so we can pivot over to uh, part two. You All good right. with that? I don't I don't have just quarterbacks here, but, but if okay. You're, I, I have it three straight three straight. I know, I know you do. If, I don't have it that way. Well, then let's we, do it, how, let's let, do it let, like how right, you have right, it. I'll just say Patrick we'll do, Mahomes. We'll do, we're going to do rapid fire here. All right, quarterback Patrick Mahomes. I – I only disagree because I think he's the best player in football. I'm a Kansas City fan. Of course, I think that. However, he's going to have to elevate the offense every week. Without that rushing upside, can he get there? Up next for me, I have Josh Jacobs. Once again, come on. This guy had 2,000 all-purpose yards last year. Let's not think too hard about this. This guy is going to get a ton of work once again in what could be another final year with his team. Where are you up next? Josh Jacobs has got to get back. Jalen Hurts. I'll just go with the quarterbacks. J- Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts would have been my next pick. I absolutely agree with that. Jalen Hurts. I mean, I he's my quarterback. So, one, so you're I so think. you're telling me you'll take Josh Jacobs over Josh Allen? This is ridiculous. Absolutely. Just based on absolutely. the quarterbacks. This is the quarterbacks I can get later on. I, the quarterbacks that I can get later on. That's why I push these quarterbacks. Of course, you know, if I'm picking the best player, I put it's taking these quarterbacks first. It's just oh, the unreal. format that we're in. Uh, All right. So, so Jalen no, Jalen Hurts, very very good situation. Eagles scored the you know most points last season. Even if they regress some, they should still be a top five scoring offense this year. He runs the ball a lot. Quarterback that you're easily betting to get double digit rushing touchdowns just because you know they designed so many plays for him to you know create in space, whether it's just the play action or just direct QB runs. Plus, he just has that cheat code on the goal line play. Whenever they get in within two yards, they're going to huddle up. They're going to get in tight and 
Jalen Hurts is going to crawl right through the middle. I don't know how they do it, but it gets done every time. So they have, you know, some 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 cheat codes available for them. And, you know, just a guy that they're going to use a ton also on the ground. Improved as a passer in year two with A.J. Brown coming over. Offense looks great. Deep group. Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, we already mentioned, and a bevy of uh, deep running backs. We will wrap it up here with Chris Olave. I, you know, a lot of advanced metrics last year suggest he even had a better season than Garrett Wilson. Kind of had his breakout at the beginning. Faded mm-hmm. a little bit down the stretch. I think Derek Carr will, you know, provide a little bit more of a baseline town back at the quarterback position. Going to be a little bit safer floor now for Chris Olave. Will Michael Thomas is what kind of Michael Thomas, I guess, are we going to see is the real question for Chris Olave. Is he going to be the dominant tar- target monster that he was or even something close to that? because that could hamper Chris Olave's production. With that, we'll wrap it up because we're going to be just doing another back-to-back episode, so you're more than welcome to join us. We're going to be doing 26 through 50, but we'll break it up on probably the Apple podcast feed and things like that if you catch these podcasts there. So thank you so much for joining us, everybody. Justin, you got anything to shout out before we head off here? Just a little disrespect to Josh Allen. I just don't get it. I don't get it, but we'll get into we'll it. Get we're, Ray, we're about we'll, to. He's not far away. Oh, my goodness. We'll get into Josh Allen very quickly on the next episode. Thank you so much for joining us, everybody.